0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting God Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to try to read all the merit badge books that Scouting has to offer. In this episode, we are going to be going over the second class rank requirements. Now, let's begin. The first requirement section is camping and outdoor ethics. Requirement 1A says, since joining Boy Scouts, participate in five separate troop slash patrol activities, at least three of which must be held outdoors. Of the outdoor activities, at least two must include overnight camping. These activities do not include troop or patrol meetings. On campouts, spend the night in a tent that you have pitched or other structure that you help direct, such as a lean-to, snow cave, or teepee. Patrol and troop campouts. Most of your campouts will be with your patrol or with your whole troop, as well as at least two adult leaders. Your patrol leader's council might plan an outing where you focus on specific skills or work together on an outdoor merit badge. Your campsite could be a home base for your day hikes or fishing expeditions. Camp Activities Camp can be a home base for all sorts of adventures. A campout can get you close to an area where you can enjoy an exciting activity, swimming for example, or kayaking and photography, or environmental studies. As you plan a trip, think about the opportunities for adventure with easy reach of your campsite. Other possibilities include, take a day hike or a lake on top of a mountain or a scenic vista or another point of interest. On winter trips, try cross-country skiing or snowboarding, snowshoeing. On winter trips, try cross-country skiing or snowshoeing. Build an igloo or snow cave. Look in the snow for the footprints of wildlife and follow them to discover the habits of different animals. Take a day hike to a lake, the top of a mountain, or a scenic vista, or another point of interest. On winter trips, try cross-country skiing or snowboarding. Build an igloo or a snow cave. Look in the snow for the footprints of wildlife and follow them to discover the habits of different animals. Bike along trails open to cyclists. Go swimming, kayaking, rafting, or fishing. Be sure to follow the safe swim defense and safety of flow guidelines. With proper supervision, take part in your group in an organized climbing and repelling activities. Learn the correct skills and safety procedures from the qualified instructors. Pitching a Tent Choose a fairly level spot on a durable surface. If there are pine needles, leaves, or any other cover, don't rake them away. They can lighten your impact on the land by protecting the soil from erosion. Spread out ground cloth, a sturdy sheet of waterproof plastic, and unfold your tent on top of it. The ground cloth will protect your tent floor from moisture. It should be just a little smaller than the size of your tent's floor. If your ground cloth is larger, tuck the edges under so that the cloth won't catch rainwater and divert it beneath your tent. Next, assemble the poles and put them in places to give the tent its shape. Pull up the corners of the floor and strike them to the ground. Then, use taut line hitches to tie any guy lines around the stakes that you have pushed into the soil. Although most tents are freestanding, always stake down the tent so that the wind does not carry it away. Finish pitching the tent by putting the rainfly over it and securing the fly in place. Snow Structures Sh- shelters made up of snow can be ideal refugees f- on winter camping trips and a unique part of cold weather adventure. They include much better than a tent and are unfitted unfi- by the wind. A snow cave is a good one to try. See the field book for information on building a few, a few other types of snow shelters. Next requirement is Requirement 1B Explain the principles of Leave No Trace and tell how you practice them on a camp hour outing. This outing must be different from the ones used in Tenderfoot Requirement 1C. In the early 1990s, the U.S. Forest Service formalized its Leave No Trace policy as the principles of Leave No Trace. Today, the Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics helps educate the public through extensive conservation and outreach programs. Scouting is proud to be a partner in this ongoing effort. More recently, scouting has also embraced the principles of tread lightly, which were developed by the U.S. Forest Service to guide a wider array of outdoor activities. Today, BSA Outdoor Ethics comp- comprises Leave No Trace, Tread Lightly, and the Outdoor Code, which is just as important as today as it was way back in 1948. Sustainability in the Summit. The Summit Bichel Reserve in West Virginia is a good example of how campers and the environment can coexist. The 10,600-acre camp was built on reclaimed land and of the land has been set aside as a nature preserve to trap carbon and protect the headwaters of the nearby New River. Two years before the summit opened in 2013, 1,400 Order of the Arrow members came together to remove the invasive species and build the Arrowhead Trail to the adjacent New River and National River. Through the OA Summit experience, Arrowmen continued to do similar trail work with each summer. Leave No Trace, scouting's adventures over a wide range of activities from spending work ends at public grounds and BSA council camps to backpacking many miles through forests, deserts, and mountains. Think about Leave No Trace wherever you hike, camp, or do any other outdoor activities, and do your best to follow its principles. Make them a guide for how you conduct yourself in the outdoors. The Principles of Leave No Trace Plan ahead and prepare. Know the regulations and special concerns for the area that you will visit. Prepare for extreme weather hazards and emergencies. Schedule your trip to avoid times of high use. Visit in small groups when possible. Consider splitting into larger groups into smaller groups. Repackage food to minimize waste. Use a map and compass to eliminate the use of marking paint, rocks, claims, or flagging. Travel and camp on durable surfaces. Durable surfaces include established trails and campsites, rocks, gravel, dry grasses, and snow. Protect riparian areas by camping at least 200 feet from lakes and streams. Good campsites are found, not made. Altering a site is not necessary. In popular areas, consider use on existing trails and campsites. Walk single file in the middle of the trail, even when wet and muddy. Keep campsites small. Focus on activities in areas where vegetation is absent. In pristine areas, disperse to use to prevent the creation of camping and trails. Avoid places where impacts are just beginning. Dispose of waste properly. Pack it in, pack it out. Inspect your campsite and rest areas for trash or spoiled foods. Pack out all trash, left with food, and litter. Dispose solid human waste in cat holes dug six to eight inches deep, at least 200 feet from water, camps, and trails. Cover and disguise the cat holes when finished. Pack out toilet paper and hygiene products to wash yourself, to oil your dishes. Carry out water 200 feet away from streams or lakes, and use small amounts of biodegradable soap. Scatter stained dishwater. Leave what you find. Prepare the paths. Examine, but do not touch. Cultural or historic structures and artifacts. Leave rocks, plants, and other natural objects as you find them. Avoid introducing or transposing non-native species. Do not build structures or furniture or dig trenches. Minimize campfire impacts. Campfires can cause lasting impacts to the backcountry. Use a lightweight stove for cooking and enjoy a candle lantern for light. Where fires are permitted, use established fire rings, fire pans, or mounted fires. Keep fires small. Use only sticks from the ground that can be broken by hand. Burn all wood and coals to ash. Put out campfires completely, then scatter coal ashes. Respect wildlife. Observe wildlife from a distance. Do not follow or approach them. Never feed animals. Feeding wildlife damages their health. Alters natural behaviors and exposes them to predators and other dangers. Protect wildlife and your food by storing rations and trash securely. Control pets at all times. Never leave leave them at home. Avoid wildlife during sensitive times, mating, nesting, and raising young or winter. Be considerate of other visitors. Respect other visitors and protect the quality of their experience. Be considerate. Yield to other users on the trail. Step to the downhill side of the trail when encountering pack stock. Take breaks and camp away from the trails and other visitors. Let nature sound prevail. Avoid loud noises and voices. Plan ahead and prepare. Leave No Trace begins before you even leave home. By planning ahead, you can minimize your impact on the environment while still having a great time. Be sure you understand the principles of Leave No Trace. Include specific practices that apply to your destination. What works in a public campground doesn't necessarily work in a subalpine wilderness area. Find out from farmland managers if there are limits on group sizes and if permission is required to enter a backcountry area. Land managers also might suggest ways that you can lessen your impact, such as staying in certain places or avoiding certain times of the year. Consider what gear and supplies you will need to take to help to reduce your impact. You might need a towel to dig cat holes, a plastic bag for packing out trash, a lightweight stove for cooking, a fine screen to strain food particles from dishwasher. Travel and camp on durable surfaces. Durable surfaces are areas that will not be damaged by your footsteps. Boscicles or tents a trail is a good example of a durable surface the soil of most trails has become so compact That little can grow there by staying on existing trails you protect the surrounding landscapes And the plants and animals that live there what if the trail and I had is muddy Walk right in when you use the edge of a trail or go around a muddy or rutted stretch You widen the trail unnecessarily and never take shortcuts, especially on hike hillsides the amount always leads to damage from erosion. Always use established campsites when they are available. If there are no designated camping areas, make sure you camp on sand, gravel, rock, or compacted soil, dry grasses, or snow. All of these are durable surfaces. In more remote areas, it may be more appropriate to practice dispersed camping if allowed. So, select a durable surface. Rock, soil, drier grasses that shows no sign of prior camping vary your traffic pattern around the site cook only with stoves no campfires and stay only one night at the same location pitch your tents well away from streams and lakes which will allow animals to reach the water and will lessen your impact on short lines pick a campsite that is big enough for your group or split up and camp in separate sites Keep your tents and cooking areas near the center of your site to protect surrounding soil and vegetation. Be careful as you walk around your campsite so that you don't trample plant communities, packed on the soil, or form unwanted pathways. Dispose of waste properly. Even the shortest outing will generate some waste, including litter, human waste, and dishwater. It is important to dispose of this water properly. Litter is the easiest waste to deal with. Simply pack it out. And if hikers and campers who came before you left trash behind, pick, pack up that as well. Getting rid of human waste outdoors requires special care. In campgrounds that have restrooms or outhouses, be sure to use them. Where there is none so such facilities, follow the guidelines of local managers. They will likely address to dig a cat hole or latrine. Digging a cat hole. Find a private spot at least 200 feet or 75 steps away from water, campsites, and trails. Clear a small area of pine needles or leaves. Then dig a hole 6 to 8 inches deep, 4 to 6 inches in more arid areas. With your heel, a stick, or a towel, relieve yourself. Use a stick to push the toilet paper to the bottom. Always pack it out if it isn't biodegradable, and restore the area by refilling the cat hole with the soil and replacing the pine needles or leaves. Orgasms in the topsoil will safely break down the waste. Push a stick into the ground to warn others against digging in the same place. Always use hand sanitizer afterwards or wash your hands with the camp soap and plenty of water. Making a latrine. If you will be camping at the same spot more than a night or two, you can help reduce your impact by digging a latrine rather than making lots of cat holes. For advice, check with the land managers of the area where you will be camping. To make a latrine, set aside any ground cover, then dig a shallow trench a foot wide to 3 to 4 feet long, 6 to 8 inches deep. As with a cat hole, go no deeper than the topsoil so that the soil orgasms will be able to break down the waste. Sprinkle a layer of soil in the trench after each use to help keep away flies and hold down odors. When you break camp, return the remaining soil to the latrine and replace the ground cover as you set aside. Disposing of Dishwater Strain food bits out of your dishwater and put them in your trash. Carry dishwater and rinse it. Water away from your camp at least what 200 feet, 75 steps from any stream or lake. Give the water a good filling to spread it over a white area or pour it into a rocky area or under organic litter. Grease and very oily water should be packed out. For long-term camping, follow the rules of the local land manager. Leave what you find. Among the joys of being outdoors is finding the evidence of the natural world and of our past. Resist the temptation to collect antlers, petrified wood, unusual rocks, airplane flowers, and other natural souvenirs. Removing almost anything can change an environment in ways that might have a negative effect on wildlife and plant communities. Leave a place as good as a condition as you found it by removing everything that you bring into an area. Don't leave structures or furniture at a campsite. And don't dig trenches. Pack in and pack it out is a good advice when it comes to food wrappers, cans, paper, and whatever else you have carried into camp or along a trail. Minimize campfire impacts. Many scouts use stoves rather than campfires on all their camping trips. Without wood fire at the center of their camp, they often find that they are more aware of their surroundings and of the night sky. Stoves are clean, quick, to heat, water, and cook food, and easy to light in any weather. Best of all, they leave no marks on the land. Campfires have their places too. A fire can warm you, dry your clothes, and provide a point for gathering with friends. Bright flames can lift your spirits on rainy mornings. At night, glowing camp embers can stir your imagination. A good scout knows how to build a fire, especially in an emergency. He also knows there are often reasons not to light one. Campfires can char the ground, blacken rocks, and sterilize soil vegetation might have a hard time growing where there's a fire has been. Fires consume branches, bark, and other organic materials that would have provided shelter and food for animals and plants. Campfires must be closely watched and carefully extinguished to prevent them from spreading to surrounding grasses, bush, and trees. Find out ahead of time if the area where you plan to camp permits the uses of fires. If you build one, use an extinguished fire ring or a raised platform and use only dead or downed wood that you can break by hand. Burn only wood, no trash, if possible. Allow the fire to burn completely to ash and no charred wood or coals are left. After the ashes are completely cool, scatter them over a wide area. Respect Wildlife Travel quietly and give animals enough space so that you do not disturb them. Avoid nesting sites, feeding areas, and other places critical to wildlife. Chasing or picking up wild animals causes them distress and can affect your ability to survive. Plan your camping trips so that you can protect your food from wildlife. This is especially important when you are sharing the woods with bears. Bears that find food in campsites might come back for more, and that can be dangerous for both the animals and the campers. Keep your camps clean and hang your food and other smellables from trees or store them in a bear-proof container. Be considerate of other visitors. Scouts are not the only people who enjoy the outdoor adventures. Be considerate of everyone you meet along the way. If you can, select campsites away from those of other campers. Trees, bushes, and the shape of the terrain can screen your camp from trails and neighboring campsites. Tents with mud- mudded colors that blend into the background will reduce the visual impact of your camp. Leave portable music players at home and hold down the noise to your troop patrol. Keeping noises to a minimum will make it easier to appreciate the outdoors and you will be less likely to disturb wildlife and other backcountry users. Tread Lightly The five tread lightly principles provide guidelines on safe and responsible shooting, boating, and motorized vehicle use in the outdoors. The tread lightly and tread lightly is an acronym for the first words in the five principles tread responsibly stay in the designated roads trails and recreation areas and avoid wet muddy trails when possible go over obstacles not around them and cross streams at designed fords when boating launching watercraft in design areas and stay on designated waterways if you are on a float trip Take your lunch break on a sandbar, the river, instead of pulling your boats up to a shore and with heavy vegetation. Respect the rights of others. Don't disturb other users' recreational activities with excess noise. When you go through a gate, leave it as you found it, whether open or closed. On trails, yield the right of way to people who are passing you on the upgoing hill. If you encounter people on horseback, move to the downhill side of the trail and wait for them to pass. Educate yourself. Plan ahead by studying maps of the areas that you plan to visit and any regulations that apply. Be sure that you have significant skills and know how to operate all equipment safely. Carry adequate supplies of food and water. Avoid sensitive areas. Stay on desired routes. Avoid areas like meadows, lakeshores, white land streams, and historical and archaeological sites that are easily damaged. Don't go so close to wild animals that you spook them, and avoid nesting in breeding areas. Do your part. Set a good example by leaving the area better than you found it. Disposing of waste properly, minimizing your use of fire, repairing damaged areas, and not transporting invasive species or pets. Practice catch and release fishing using artificial lures and barbless single hooks. Beyond the basics. Environmental responsibility doesn't end when you get home from camp. As scouts and citizens, we should strive to live sustainably, which means using recreations in such a way that the needs of current and future generations can be met. The more sustainably you live, the better quality of life future generations can enjoy. Next is Requirement 1C. On one of the campouts, select a location for your patrol site and recommend it to your patrol leader, senior patrol leader, or troop guide. Explain what factors you should consider when choosing a patrol site and where to pitch a tent. Choosing a Campsite A good campsite is more than a convenient place to sleep and eat. Its settings offer you safety and comfort and take advantages of features like great views and natural windbreaks. Keep the following information in mind as you decide where to spend the night. Environmental impact. The principles of outdoor ethics will help you guide you as you select a campsite, use established campsites whenever you can, or camp on durable surfaces, that is, surfaces that will not be harmed by tents and footsteps. Good campsites are found, not made. If you must move a log, a few rocks, or anything else as you pitch your tents, return everything to its original location before you leave. Safety. Pitch tents away from dead trees or trees with limbs that might fall in a storm. Stay out of gullies that could fill during a flash flood, and other areas that could fill with water. If you see debris caught in underbrush or if at all the grass is bent over in the same direction, choose another site. Avoid long trees, the tops of hills and mountains, high bridges, and other possible targets of lightning. Camp away from hiking and game trails, especially in bear country. Look for animal tracks and worn pathways that are too low or narrow for humans. Size. A campsite must be large enough for your patrol to set up its tents and cook its meals in separate areas. Also, make sure there is enough space to move around without tripping over tent stakes and guy lines. Comfort In the summer, look for a shady site where breezes can help cool your tent and chase away mosquitoes in the winter. Find a site where trees and hillsides provide a natural windbreak. Regardless of the time of the year, place your tents on the flattest spot possible. If the ground slants a bit, sleep with your head uphill. Consider the sun as well. Morning sun will help dry out your tent, while evening sun can be uncomfortably hot in the summer. Water. Each scout in your patrol will need several gallons of water every day for drinking, cooking, and cleanup. Treat water you take from streams, rivers, lakes, and springs. In dry regions, you might need to carry all your water to camp. That information will be vital when you put together the trip plan. Stoves and campfires. When fires are not allowed, where wood is scarce, or when you want to prepare your meals quickly. Plan on using a camp stove to heat water and cook food. As part of Scouting's commitment to preserving the outdoors, stoves are preferred method of cooking. Where fires are permitted, appropriate, and desired, look for the campfire where it, there is an existing fire ring. Only use firewood that is dead and downed. Never cut live trees. For more information on using stoves and campfires, see the Unit Fire Guard Plan Chart number 33691. Privacy. A scout is courteous. Respect others by selecting campsites from away from the other trees, bushes, and the shape of the land can screen your camp from trails and neighboring campsites. Keep noises down so that you won't disturb nearby campers and respect the quiet hours at public campgrounds and scout camps. Permission. Well ahead of the date of a camping trip, contact rangers or other managers of public parks and forests to let them know that you are coming. They can issue the permits that you will need and suggest how you can fully enjoy your camp out. Get permission from owners or managers of private property too, before camping on their land. The next section is cooking and tools. Requirement 2A says, explain when it is appropriate to use a fire for cooking or other purposes and when it would not be appropriate to do so. Stoves and campfires. Many scouts use stoves on all their camping trips. Stoves are clean, quick to heat, water, and cook food, and easy to light in any weather. They leave no marks on the land, and stoves in your pack can help make it easier for you to camp without leaving a trace. Cooking on a camp stove is much like cooking on any other stove top. It is easy to regulate the heat so food can cook at the right speed and does not burn. Camping stoves also have portable ovens that can be placed over camp stoves and that friction like your oven back at home. Grilling and Dutch ovens, cooking, are two other ways of preparing food at camp. Bring charcoal for a fast, consistent, heat, and tasty meal. Campfires can be used if you don't have a stove. The key to cooking over a campfire is to let the fire burn down to a bed of hot coals. This can take 20 to 30 minutes, so be sure to account for that time as well. Flames will char the outside of the food while leaving the inside uncooked. You've probably experienced this if you have roasted marshmallows over a hot fire. Lighting a fire brings with it the responsibility to protect the environment. The principles of outdoor ethics will guide you in deciding whether a fire is appropriate and then building it in a way that minimizes its impact. Find out ahead of time if fires are allowed in the camping area that you will be using. Even where the fires are not permitted, a lightweight stove is often a better choice. Many campfires favor chemical-fueled cooking equipment which creates very difficult hazards than traditional solid fuels. Before firing up any of these camp appliances, become familiar with the BSA Chemical Fuel and Equipment Policy, located in the scouting.org in the Scouting Safety section. You should also become familiar with the Troops Unit Fire God Chart to learn the basic ways to stay safe around a campfire. Next requirement is Requirement 2B use the tools listed in tenderfoot requirement 3d to prepare tinder kindling and firewood for cooking over a fire tinder tinder catches fire easily and burns fast dry pine needles grasses shredded bark and the fluff from seed pods all make great tinder. shaving cut with the pocket knife from a dry stick of wood also works well for tinder gather enough tinder to fill your hat once kindling Dead twigs, no thicker than the pencil, are called kindling. Find enough kindling to fill your hat twice. Fuel Fuel wood can be as thin as your finger or as thick as your wrist. Use sticks that you find on the ground. Gather them from a wide area rather than removing all the downed wood from one spot. Next requirement is requirement 2C. Add an approved outdoor location and time. Use the tender kindling and fuel wood from Second Class Requirement 2B to demonstrate how to build a fire, unless prohibited by local fire restrictions, light the fire. After allowing the flames to burn safely for at least two minutes, safely extinguish the flames with the minimal impact to the fire site. Lay the fire. Heat rises. Keep this in mind as you arrange tinder, kindling, and fuel so that the heat of the single match can grow into flames of a campfire. A teepee fire is a good all-around method. 1. Place a big loose handful of tinder in the middle of your fire site. 2. Arrange plenty of small kindling over the tinder. 3. Place small and medium sized sticks of fuel wood around the kindling as if they were the poles of a teepee. Leave an opening in the teepee on the side against which the wind is blowing so that the air can reach in the middle of the fire. Lighting the fire, when the fire lay is complete and you have a good supply of kindling and fuel, wood on hand, ease a flame underneath the tinder. The flame can come from a match or lighter. You may even use a magnifying glass, flint and seal, or a fire by friction set. Practice different methods of lighting of campfire during campouts where fires are permitted and appropriate, so that you become confident with your fire building skills. In an emergency, you'll know just what to do. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Scouting God Podcast. Next week, we will be jumping right back into reading the second class rank requirements and going over each one of them in great detail.